Welcome to the My Haunt Life Podcast. Hello and welcome to the My Haunt Life Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Russell. And Russell, you have some strange men at your table. <laughs> we do have guests, Mike. Uh, we are lucky enough to be interviewing a couple of people that we've been known, knowing and hanging with a few years now in the haunt community. And please introduce yourselves so our listeners will know your voices. Hey, I'm David Marklin, Executive Director of Midsummer Scream and the editor of the occasionally updated Creepy L.A. There you go. And I'm Rick West. I am Midsummer Scream's creative director and uh, owner and founder of Theme Park Adventure. Excellent. And the main reason that we are here today is to talk about Midsummer Scream. So first of all, dates, location, give us the basic info. Takes place July 29th and 30th at the Long Beach Convention Center. Um, what else were you asking? <laughs> um, so uh dates and location which you just gave us good. and also uh what you um you have a couple of different ticketing tiers you have a general admission ticket yep. you also have a front of the line pass uh those are available for both days and the full weekend yep you can buy it for one day or if you're smart you'll buy it for two uh general admission will get you into everything front of line will get you into everything faster even hall of shadows even the hall of shadows wow yeah that's awesome um, we have systems in place to really try to optimize that this year um, we, we're using a little bit more space uh, so we can accommodate more people, but uh, it, so nobody should ever be turned away from anything. But um, the front of line, we do encourage people to go for just to ensure entry. And also, it, the front of the line pass usually works for convenience sake too. Just yeah, it, it helps schedule your day better. Yeah, so, we have we have like you know dozens of panels and presentations each day, um, and. Uh, you know, over a dozen ha haunts in the Hall of Shadows. So, you know, there's going to be a line for most of this stuff. But So that's why get the front of the line pass. And uh, If you're a female and you get the front of the line pass, the longest line you're going to have to wait for all day is the bathroom. That we can't help you with. Yeah, that's true. So no <laughs> you're front on your own there. No front of line privileges no. for the restroom. Now, there is something else. Uh, when you go to the Midsummer Screen website and you look at the ticketing options and you're making your decision, there is another little event which you can buy a ticket for. Would you like to talk yeah. about that? That is uh, Queen Mary's. It's the Sinister Circus. It's uh, being produced by our friends at the Queen Mary, the, the, the folks that put on Dark Harbor. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, was, it was one of those things where we were trying to think. Last year for Midsummer, we had Oingo Boingo played our party, which was amazing and so year two rolls around and we were like okay what do we do to top that now and we kind of bantered back and forth about you know well, what are we what are we going to do for a party type of thing and uh it just kind of like dawned on us wait there's that really big beautiful ship sitting right across the water from where we are the most and, haunted uh, ship yeah. in the world and they happen to have a little event that a few people know about every halloween <laughs> and they have amazing characters and you know what i we went to dinner and we discussed it, and uh, they immediately fell in love with the idea. So they are, um, shout out to Steve and Charity, they are uh, spearheading this thing. David Wally's been brought on to do the, uh, the talent again, and uh, so we're going to have our party on the upper deck of the Queen Mary between the two smokestacks, looking out over the Long Beach Harbor with all, the, uh, all your favorite Dark Harbor monsters roaming around. Oh, that's excellent. That's something that Mike and I have talked about repeatedly uh, from years past to Dark Harbor is, as far as the local haunts go, they are some of the strongest, most beautiful 
makeup designs, costume designs. Love it. Their, their walk-around characters are so cool. I think that that's one of Dark Harbors, and this is a, this is a whole other podcast, right? But that's, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've often said that's one of their strongest assets. Is oh, I agree. That they've gone really just overboard with, with meshing the reality of some of the old ghost stories with their new creative drive and creating really their own IPs, mm-hmm. which is so, so smart. Yeah, it's really, really fun characters to interact with. Yep. Um, so we have all the basic information for this year, where to buy tickets, when it is, and all of that fun stuff. But what about Midsummer Scream itself? How did it come about? How did you guys meet? What made you want to start this convention? Uh, well, I mean, I started Creepy LA in 2007, actually, so it was 10 years ago, um, covering sort of anything cool and Halloween-y around LA. And um, at the time, I couldn't really find much else doing that. Um, no, other, no other sites. There were a couple, but like none doing it the way I wanted to, which is like weird LA, strange LA, and then around the Halloween season, cover the haunts. But through that, I did find, uh, I started discovering that Rick uh, and Theme Park Adventure was covering a lot of that stuff as well. So I met him through that. Um, and then uh, in 2013, um, I, I was producing a lot of events at the time or you know, working on a ton of events and uh, co-founded Scare LA, bringing together my... Uh, my writing skills and, and contacts uh, into uh, with my event producing skills. Um, and then in 2016, uh, that sort of went bonkers uh, and was trying to figure out what to do. And short, you know, long story short, uh, turned to Rick and uh, a couple of other partners. We decided to start something new called Midsummer Scream. And, uh, hit the ground running and made an event that is huge and we're incredibly proud of and uh you know just really reflects our our passions and you know our our love for um not just not only this genre but the people in it that's awesome um you know and we went last year and we loved it and you know for you always wonder about like a first time convention and it it didn't seem like a first time convention like i think you and i even talked about this it's like the amount of cool things that you had and it was just like whoa they have a haunted house section they have all of these things like there's everything like a haunter and horror fan could want like that's so cool i mean for for me doing anything like this the the key to it is um the people you bring to be part of it and help make it and uh you know we and that's what what we did i mean i mean rick rick was the lead on doing the hall of shadows it was his idea um he did you know 99 percent of the outreach to the haunts got everybody involved um then we have uh, Johanna Adelano, who's also a theme park adventure on the team as well. She ran with the education um, and put that together. Uh, Gary Baker, who um, has his own AV company, came in and kind of oversaw to make sure that we had this top-notch AV. Uh, Claire Dunlap, uh, who is uh, my longtime girlfriend, um, she came on also to be a supervising producer and just keep us all cobbled together and uh, in line. And uh, between all that, I mean... And everybody we knew, the support was amazing. It was very humbling. And, uh, you know, we make the event that we want to go to at the end of the day. Like, is this, is this good enough for what we want to pay for? Um, and I think, I think it turned out that way. I can't be entirely certain. I have to just handle with what people tell me if they liked it or not, because we don't get to see most of the show. We're running around and making sure everything's running. But, you know, it is a blast to walk around and see people we know and, you know, meeting new people who just get to come through and get exposed to the amazing, you know, haunt and horror community that the Southern California area has to offer. Um, it's just, it's really cool. 
It's it's the best the best job I've ever had. Worst boss is me, but uh, best job ever. And you're going into your second year, and so you already have the first year behind you. Was there anything that happened in the first year that was kind of like a forehead slap? It's like, oh my god, we we need to fix that, or we should have done this, or anything like that. I mean, surprisingly, um, not really. I, we were we rushed. We had you know from the time we conceived of doing it to execution was about four months. We knew what kind of event we like to go to and what we wanted to do. And, you know, the support was overwhelming and it was almost like, you know, we couldn't screw up unless we said no to somebody. If anybody had an idea, it's a big enough event, we could say yes. Um, almost anybody we asked to do something, if any of us had an idea, they said yes. And it's the kind of event where there's so much going on um, and there's just different things that people want to do um, that uh, there's nothing that we said, oh, that was a mistake. You know, because uh, people liked all of it. The biggest the biggest complaint we get every year we've ever done events like this is that uh, we should add a third day or a fourth day because they don't have enough time to do everything. And my response to that each time is the same. It's, well, th- that third day is not going to help you because if we have three days, you're still going to complain that you didn't have enough time to do everything we have to offer because we're all about just loading the stuff up and... Uh, giving people so many options at every hour of the day. It's by design, right? When, when you go to Disneyland, you know that even if you're there from open to close, you're still not going to do everything that you wanted to do. So it is no mistake. We, we, we decided very early on when we started doing events together that we would much rather have guests walking out going, oh, God, I didn't get to do that, or oh, sh- I totally forgot to do that, rather than halfway through day two people going oh i don't know what do you want to do again we've already we've already done everything i don't, I don't know why don't we go across the street and just get something to drink we don't want that ever to happen so it is it is by design it is it is not a mistake you're not going to be able to see everything so a question i like to ask creators and this is going to be very different be, just because this is a convention but what kind of advice would you give someone that would want to make their own convention one day um, you know, I think it would depend on the convention, really, what they want to do. But I mean, just seriously, like I keep coming back to put together a good group of people around you um, that aren't just people who agree with you. You want to have, you know, you want to have people who can tell you when your ideas are totally loony um, or just, you know, inaccessible in a nice way, but also people who are, have as much of a passion for whatever you're covering at the convention as possible too. But you need to have a good team that just covers everything. I mean, it's, if you don't know how to, my general event for anybody who wants to produce events, because I think anybody can, is you have to know your limitations. And if there's something you don't know how to do, you need to either need to ask somebody to learn how or hire somebody who can help out or bring them in to bring them into the fold. Don't have an ego so big that you can't admit where your faults are. Because at the end of the day, a convention, especially if it's large, that team of people that you're bringing around you, that's, that is going to be the event. So you asking for help is bringing one more stronger asset into the event, and you never know how much that person can contribute. That's my biggest advice. That's great advice. Um, another question that we usually ask, Russell, do you want to ask? Snickers, oh, when I, when Snickers bar. <laughs> how, yeah. Did I get it? Jesus, Did I get it right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Snickers bar. We usually save it for the end. I've done my homework. I, I know you that. I did a nice segue into it. Wow, I'm the editor and I missed a segue. I handed it so, to you on a silver <laughs> platter, man. I, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> How do we rescue this? 
Just start over. Yeah. <laughs> just ask again. Just, just Go ask get it. Let's get surprised. Hey, Russell, it looks like you had a good follow-up question for Mike's question. What was that? Um, perhaps Mike is indicating <laughs> that we have an additional question that we always ask people who come over and are willing to spend some time with us and, and answer our silly little questions and, and poke and prod their brain. Uh, are you team Snickers or are you team Kit Kat? This, that was a real question. Wow, I, I would Hold say, <laughs> I would say, uh, Snickers or Kit Kat? That's a really tough call. Why do you? It's like Sophie's Choice, man. It's not really a tough call. At all. <laughs> what? It's not really a tough call. I can call. tell you now. You have in this bowl here. You have Snickers Crisper. No, no, none of this is like byproducts of Snickers or Kit Kat wow. White. Come on. That's, I mean, like this that's is Trump's like Kit Kat. this is like the discount bag at Costco. Uh, I will admit that the, the Kit Kat you, white is a weak is a weak oh spot. God, but man. I will tell you, if it's going to be anything, it has to be just regular old fun size Snickers are definitely the way to go. And then Kit Kat, you can't go wrong with either. But, but we also have available to you today uh, is the Kit Kat dark chocolate. Does that intrigue you no, at all? No, oh, yeah, that's like the berry white Don't, of candy right there. That is the berry white of candy. Mm. <laughs> Cat dark chocolate. Okay, mm. so David so, is traditional. I'm. I can't make a choice on that. It's like tw- Twizzlers versus Red Vines. Why do you have to pick? I don't get that. Oh, Twizzlers, whichever is freshest. There you go. Yeah, I'm gonna for five years. They both last for five years. I'm gonna say Snickers. Why not? All Snickers, right. Snickers. Okay. Although I will, like, I've heard other guests go outside the box. So I'm gonna say I'm definitely a Reese's guy. Okay, mm-hmm. followed very, very closely by Butterfingers. And when the two are combined, damn. How do you combine a Butterfinger with a They have them. There are Butterfinger Reese's. I don't think I've ever experienced that. Oh, it's oh, really the, good. The peanut butter cups? Oh, wow. yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes. Interesting. Okay, I will have to research that a little bit on my own. And by the way, uh, because we're recording this on a particularly hot day here in the San Fernando Valley, these have been refrigerated for your eating pleasure. Fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And their dentist's pleasure because they're going to break teeth because when you eat refrigerated chocolate, that's what happens. Particularly Snickers. So if you hear any crackling in the background, you know it's because we're eating one of these candy bars that's and right. our teeth are just spraying against the lights. <laughs> so feel free to partake. I thought you were referring to a couple of other questions that we had in mind, Mike. Nope. I know you were going to like, but you... spring the Snickers Kit Kat dilemma on them so early. No. I was so ready. I was waiting all day for my <laughs> That makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, ask your other questions now. Uh, so you were talking about, this is the second year for Midsummer Scream, and you're in the same location. Mm-hmm. You've got more planned, it sounds like. You've got, uh, I'm sure, different events planned. Mm-hmm. So how is Midsummer Scream, now that you've had a year under your belt as Midsummer Scream, how is this year, do you see Midsummer Scream developing? What is making it? a unique personality in the convention circuit. I mean, it's because like, you're going to have people traveling from other cities to come to Midsummer Scream. We know that already. And states. And states. We've heard countries. So We've like, already heard countries. That's excellent. Coming. Yeah. So how do you see Midsummer Scream developing and what makes you unique? Um, what makes us unique? I don't yeah. really, it's, to me, I just don't see anything else like it. We have a incredibly strong lineup of, of haunts in the Hall of Shadows. Um, which is, I've never seen anybody be this ambitious with um, haunts at an event ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I've looked for it. It doesn't exist. And we're only on planning getting bigger and badder at that. Or at least I'll make Rick work on that. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I think that's a big part of it. I mean, we have every SoCal theme park involved. 
you know, even you were, you know, Disney isn't involved officially, but we are doing a presentation on Tower of Terror. Right. Um, and so we have a lot of people from that world who are going to be here. But other than that, you know, we have Universal, we have Six Flags, we have Queen Mary. Uh, you have knots as well. We have knots, of course, the, the granddaddy of all. Mm-hmm. And they're all there, and we get them all into the one same space. So I, don't, I just, uh, I don't think any other, I just, I can't think of another convention that really matches the model. And it's, we're not really setting out necessarily, even with the model in mind. It really is a, what do we love? You know, what what is it that we love about Halloween, and how do we uh, bring them in to uh, give the fans a chance to get a sneak peek of stuff, and also to hear behind the scenes and expose new fans to new stuff well uh is there something in particular that you have this year coming up that you didn't have last year that you're excited about anything that stands out in your mind because one of the the one of the strengths uh of midsummer scream is the variety mm-hmm. so yeah I'll, I'll take that what what it's funny because we talk about <clears throat> what are we doing differently this year um breathing for one i mean last <laughs> year we had really for my end of things it was two and a half three months Hmm. from go to installation and right. showtime, which is crazy, you know. Um, so having 12 months this time around, it was weird almost, right? It's like, and I've said this over and over and over, but it's like when you're driving to Vegas at 90 miles an hour and then you get off, exit at the strip, and it feels like gravity catches up with you and you're going so slow. That's kind of what it feels like. We're, you know... Um, but it's very organic, right? I think that Midsummer Scream is very organic in the way that it grows. We grow as the community grows. We evolve as the community evolves. And, um, you know, last year we had about 8,000 people show up. Mm-hmm. And this year we're targeting about 15,000. We're planning on about 15,000 people showing wow. up, which is explosive growth. Yes. And realistic growth because everybody that came last year had an amazing time. And they're all coming back and they're all bringing friends this year. Um so with that in mind, we last year we had nine haunts in the Hall of Shadows. This year we bumped that number up to almost double that. In in preparing for the capacity influx this year, we knew that we had to... Last year our main stage sat 1,000 people. This year the main stage, which is in the Terrace Theater, seats up to 3,000, actually a little bit over 3,000 wow. people for our main stage presentations. And then our second stage, which was about 300-ish, Last year is going to be about 750 this year. Mm-hmm. So it was this year. This year, our, our unofficial slogan could be "Size Matters." You know, so <laughs> we, we kind of we kind of bumped. We we ramped things up, uh, understanding that that last year was kind of like our, at least for Midsummer Scream, was our dry run. Right. This is this is it. We've barely had time to do this, but oh my god, here we go. We've had time to really reflect on what worked and what we were really really happy with, and just expand on that. Um, with the understanding that, you know, it's time to, like, kind of really grow into the space. Uh, Long Beach Convention Center is a big space. The footprint is a little bit different this year than it was last year. Not much, but a little bit different, especially with the theater, the theater arrangements. Um, We knew already going into this year that year three is where big, big changes come. So, yes, our content, the, the skeleton is the same this year, right? We have the Hall of Shadows. We've got the big show floor with 200 plus vendors. We've got, um, you know, world-class presentations going on in the main stage, amazing presentations going on in the second stage. Again, the theme parks are all back with us. You know, they were first on board. They were like so excited. After last year, they're like, oh my God, we, we're ready to rock and roll right now. And uh, so we're adding, we have um, more theatrical stuff. Like last year, Zombie Joe's joined us. 
Um, this year, Zombie's coming back with his team to do a very special version of Urban Death for us. Mm-hmm. But then we also have Force of Nature uh, productions. They're going to come in and they're going to do a special thing. So we have really cool theatrical experiences. Um, one thing that was so simple and just so crazy popular last year was it was almost an afterthought. We had the black cat adoptions last year. Mm-hmm. And people went nuts. I mean, it broke the internet. We had all, we were announcing all this stuff for last year. And then all of a sudden we say, Oh, and we're going to have black cat adoptions. And it's like, people have never seen black cats in their life. It was, amazing. <laughs> it was like the zoo in mass in Moscow or something, you know? And, uh, so we're going to have a full on black cat lounge this year where it's actual room where you're going to go in and be able to play with the kittens and all this stuff. So everything is kind of like embiggened, right. That we're doing. <laughs> um, and that said, we are at the time of this recording. We're a month out right. from midsummer. As creative director, creative wise, thinking about things, I would say about forty percent of of my thought process right now is already on midsummer eighteen. This one for me is almost done. I mean, it's kind of in the can. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm spending quite a lot of time. In fact, I can say that we actually have the first MSS eighteen presentation locked already. Oh, excellent. So it's it's one of those very forward-thinking things right. now. And there will be huge changes that are going to blow everyone's minds next year. We won't, we won't get into it, really. But I can, <laughs> I can tease you and, and, and hint that there are big, big changes for next year coming. Um, but everything that you loved about Midsummer Year One, you are going to be just as happy with for Year Two and even more excited because it's just a more polished version. Of, of what you saw last year. I mean, the, the model the model's the same. I right. Mean, really, it's, the model is very, like, exactly the same. So you, you're going to know where things are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to know the basic layout, but all the content is different. So, you know, we don't want to ever repeat ourselves on panels or presentations. Um, we always want to challenge ourselves on trying to make something even more dynamic. And it's a lot of what Rick does take on is bringing in some really cool people and guests to be part of that. So, um, while it's the same model, if you, if you had even an iota of loving it last year, you're going to love it even more this year. Oh, excellent. Okay, Rick, you just listed a whole bunch of things that I want to delve into a little bit. Sure. First of all, we've mentioned the Hall of Shadows several times yeah. already. Uh, for those people who don't know, the Hall of Shadows is one particular area of Midsummer Scream. Do you want to describe what happens in that mysterious Hall of Shadows? Sure. And let me, for people that haven't been and... Why haven't you been? But if you haven't been, let, let me give you an idea. The Hall of Shadows is big. When we say it's, it's a big chunk of the show floor, the show floor is about 92,000 square feet. Hall of Shadows is about a third of that, if not a little bit better. Wow. Than that. Um, it's, roughly, it's roughly the size of a football field in there. And so to make it dark, because show floor bright, Hall of Shadows, not bright. Um, we came up with, it's a crazy idea. We came up with, um, just blacking it out. So, um, Transworld has a dark area, a dark zone where they have, have black curtain hanging down and that's where the vendors show like their black light stuff, the, the figures, you know, in the natural environment. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're a haunter, obviously you want your haunt to be in, in the dark cause we don't do it during the day usually. And so we were like, well, how are we going to do this? So we, in the end, we have a curtain that is about 325 feet long and about 20 feet high. And that goes up on a truss. And just seeing the, the Hollow Shadows curtain go up is a freaking miracle. I mean, it, it is so crazy when that goes up. Um, is that like heavy duvetine? It... It's, yeah, kind of. It feels like that, yeah. 
Okay, yeah, I, yeah. in my head because you know I've, I've worked haunts and, yeah. like, and I've dealt with Duvetine and large. How much does that damn thing weigh? A lot. It goes up on, on <laughs> you know big big cables, winches, and things take it up. Yeesh. And uh, so I I won't get into facts and figures, but I, I will say it, it's it was a very easy and and cheap thing to think up. Very expensive to execute. Mm-hmm. It is super <laughs> super expensive to make hollow shadows dark. Once we got that squared away as to how we were going to do it the question was well what are we going to do in it well there's going to be haunts in there um but we also have the decay brigade they're the sliders Mm -hmm. and so um the reason that we um ever really wanted sliders to begin with and this goes back to our scare la days is you know i grew up with not scary farm i've been going to haunt since the very very early 80s and one of the most indelible memories is the uh, the sliders before the hanging every year mm-hmm. would do like this little exhibition type thing, and they'd be goofy, and they'd do the the limbo, how low can you go, and they'd slide on their back, you know. And not in in recent years has cracked down on that management, and says no, we don't want that before the hanging anymore. But for me as a haunt fan growing up, that was like a thing, man. That was like a cornerstone of haunt. So when we first engaged these guys, um, and I I took over overseeing what their installation was going to be. Um, I told myself I want it to be just like we're back in Calico Square at Knott's or in, mm. in Camp Snoopy. And I want you guys to do what you do, and I want you to bring it and bring it hard. And they did, and they've done it every, every, you know, every year since with us, and they've, they've come with us on our journey to Midsummer Scream. And um, they have stuff this year that they're planning that's going to be outrageous and ridiculous and, and jaw-dropping, really. So that's just kind of the culmination of how everything came to be for Hall of Shadows. We wanted a, we wanted our own theme park in the dark, and um, I think we got it. So, do you want to go through a quick list of some of the people who will be sure. there? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, so we have we have numerous haunts in there. Um, you know, I'd be remiss not to point out that first of all, the first thing you're going to see is an amazing Sleepy Hollow Cemetery mm-hmm. uh, is going to be the entry portal this year, and that's Cal Haunts is doing that. Okay. And these guys, I've got to give a huge shout out to everybody at Cal Haunts because they've been meeting every weekend in Burbank. And as you guys know, it's starting to get really freaking hot. And mm-hmm. they are slaving away in the sun, just building props and just building just amazing stuff. That's just, I think people are going to be blown away when they come into the Hall of Shadows this year. That's going to be really, really fun. Um, we've, got, we've got a lot of returning haunts. I mean, if you enjoyed the haunts that we had in there last year... I can tell you most of them are returning this year. Excellent. And you're going you're to have a great time with that. Higgins Manor, which is so good out of South Orange County. Um, that's an amazing home haunt. And people love that. The facade last year was just stupid. It was amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, he, they're coming back and they're, they're doing their build right now. And it's so good. I'm, I'm just, I love watching on Facebook as people are putting stuff together because I'm like, that's for our thing you know (laughs) and uh it's really great because their enthusiasm is then infectious because people are like what are you building that's amazing i must go see this thing and it's just it's really exciting to see it coming together from all points you know um dead zone 805 is coming back and that's nelson cooper they're from ventura right Mm -hmm. nelson is uh so excited to be coming back with his crew to us nelson we got to give a shout out he's also on face off this -hmm. season so it's very exciting for us as friends of Nelson to see what he's doing for us and then to see what he's doing on television. And so that's a really, really cool thing. Um, one of, you know, I, I don't want to use the term favorite because 
bad, bad, bad turn to get into. It's a slippery, <laughs> slippery slope. But one one of my favorite haunts, really, um, because of the entire package, is Opichi Haunt. And if if you guys aren't familiar with it, um, it's okay because they're going to probably outlive all of us because it's really it's when I say it's a group of kids that have come together to do this home haunt and it's an elaborate home haunt in the in the hills in Glendale. Mm-hmm. We're talking like young young kids, like like preteen young in some wow. cases. They've come together and we've been going to see their haunt every year, you know, as it's evolved. So Sam and his team. Um, with the help of Sam's parents, of course, um, they're bringing a haunt. Oh, that's excellent. To, that's to Hall of Shadows. And it is so good because I'm telling you, we're talking legit. And you guys actually should probably talk to Sam one of these days. He's one of those kids that, like, you talk to him and you're like, okay, you're really 21 years old and you're just bullshitting me, right? <laughs> because he is so smart and he is so aware. The first, I, I, I don't know, I think, he, I can't remember, he was 12 or 13, I think, the first time we went to see his haunt. And he had younger people that he was directing and everything. And we drove up and he was so stressed out about making sure that the queue was well-defined on, on, the, on the, the sidewalk and on the driveway leading up. And I'm like, this is a really young kid. And he's like really concerned about the queue. He is super focused on story. Like what's the storytelling behind things? I'm telling you, this guy, TPA is watching. You guys should be watching because Sam is going to be, he's the haunter of, he's the next gen Great. of Haunter. So we're really excited to see what he brings. It's going to be amazing. Um, of course, our friends Haunted Rose, they're, they're bringing the Maritime Horror. And uh, that's another thing we watch on Facebook as, as Ryan and his team are you know making this, this thing t- come together. Um, one thing that is different this year than last year is we actually, instead of all, all home haunt type things, we have some professional haunts coming in too. Mm-hmm. So um, Motel Six Feet Under is is going to have an installation in the hall. That was it's now called. It is. It's Mabel's 6 feet yeah, under right. now. Um she got promoted. There you go. That's that's a wonderful way to put that. I think that's great. <laughs> so, um you know, the Bloodshed Brothers, they're going to bring the Hyde Street Massacre. You know, they were out in Temecula. We went and saw their haunt last year and um driving out there was an adventure cuz it's a long haul from the Burbank area where we all are to <laughs> out to Temecula and then the hills of Temecula. Um, but, you know, they've been around. They used to do, um, you know, the Haunted Stadium in Lake Elsinore. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're veteran haunters. They know what they're doing. And uh, we're really excited to have them. They've got a big following and their hearts are in the right places. And we really, we really love those guys. They're, they're really great guys. Um, we have, uh, I'm just looking down my list here. I mean, I can't, I don't want to go through all of them because all-night thing. But we have, you know, um, Immersive Parties is doing uh, a Mutation Analysis Center. We've got uh, Grimm's Hollow. We've got something called The Last of Man. That sounds really freaking desolate and, and unhappy, doesn't it? So, uh, and then the Cape Brigade. They're going to be tearing it up in there for, you know, uh, for 15 minutes at a time, three, three times a day. And they're going to have, like I said, tremendous new stunts and and demonstrations for us and uh that's a crowd favorite because people love to talk to them about sliding and and how do i become a slider type thing and and they're really good with people and then when they're not on they're wandering around scaring people and doing what haunt monsters should be doing right so yeah the the hall's going to be really exciting this year so 
on top of the Hall of Shadows, you mentioned uh, Zombie Joe is going to be there with Urban Death yeah. and uh, Force of Nature will be there. Yep. Um, last year, there was a ton of immersive experiences like Shine On and Alone. Mm-hmm. And, Screenshot and Productions. Yeah. I was going to get there. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, but uh, are any of those returning or are you going to have different uh, like immersive experiences? Alone is returning uh, and Shine On is returning. And uh, return home or order billeth. I think is how you say mm-hmm. it. Uh, uh, they, they will be there as well. I feel like I'm missing one. I don't think we have screenshot returning this year. Um, but uh, you know, we have all day Sunday, uh, Sunday July 30th. We're internally calling it Immersive Sunday because we have, um, in addition to the immersive experiences around, we have a lot of content. Um, for people who love immersive haunts and immersive theater. And I'm pulling up my list now just to go over it. But uh, it kind of happened naturally, but we have um, Delusion uh, is going to do a presentation on the history of Delusion and where they're going now because they're doing a new VR series with Skybound Entertainment. Let me jump in real quick while you're talking about that um, because I I do think it is important that that fans understand. So with Delusion, which, you know, that's one of the biggest things to hit L.A., uh, in ever right in the in the in the community, I don't want to say the haunt community because then I'm going to get in trouble with Braver. But if I say <laughs> the um, immersive horror theater type of thing, then then John will be on board. But um, you know, we wanted John to do a retrospective, and I talked to him and said, "Hey, let's just let's do this the f- last five iterations of Delusion, and then talk about what you're, where you're going and all that." And he was totally on board. Um, he his only stipulation was that he wanted to make sure that every fan in attendance had a chance to ask him whatever questions that they wanted. So instead of an hour presentation, it's a 90 minute presentation. Mm -hmm. And that was because John was absolutely adamant that all of his fans, all the fans of delusion had a chance to, to have a one-on-one with him and ask a question. That's awesome. So that's, that's a huge shout out to John for, for being cognizant of, of, for us, it's like, you know, you just text, hey, John, what are you doing tonight? You type of thing. Fans don't get a chance to do that, right, usually. So I think it's really great that, that he took pause and that made that his stipulation for doing it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we have, and that kind of starts off the day um, for Sunday is the delusion history and uh, talk about the VR. Um, and then throughout the day, we also have um, a class on how to make uh, your own immersive experience, you know which seems pretty obvious if you can do stuff around classes around this. So it's a crash course on that. Um, we have a class on how to make an escape room, mm-hmm. uh, the business side and a little bit of the logistics of it from, um, crossroads adventures. Um, and just scanning down here and, and a whole presentation, uh, that Rick's pulled together on immersive theater. Um, I'm trying to think before I let him talk about that. Uh, I feel like there's something else in there with the immersive world, but, um, the whole panel of uh, some some cool immersive productions around town that you know that show the variety of what immersive means. But who's on yeah. that, Rick? Well, Noah Nelson is, is is spearheading that, and Noah's great. And it was really funny because as as we were starting to grow what this year wanted to be, um, we kind of knew that we were going to have that presentation about you know <clears throat> horror theater or you know the type of of live theatrical experiences around Halloween here in the Southland. And as I started bantering, bantering that around with people, like 
Noah's name repeatedly came up. And I wasn't aware of Noah because that's really, it should be, but it's not really my world, the mm-hmm. immersive theater thing. It's just not really my thing. I'm a, I'm a haunt guy, like haunted houses type of thing. Um, but other people knew him. And, and actually, the first time I ever heard of him or no proscenium was on your podcast. Oh, and awesome. I was And I was listening, driving, going, holy shit, this is our guy. This is the guy that's got to, this is, that's mm-hmm. the one. He's got to come to Midsummer, And um, so we reached out to him, and he was very gracious and very uh, enthusiastic. And uh, so he, he spearheaded, you know, getting certain people on board that I don't have any communication or, or contact with. Now, very early on, we knew that we were going to bring Zombie Joe, because Zombie Joe, again, on your podcast, very deep and really interesting guy, but on the surface, a freaking lunatic madman that you, you <laughs> love and you're terrified at the same time of him, right? And because uh, he's, he's been a great partner of ours, and he, he certainly was like right on board immediately, want, you know, wanting to, to really talk about what, what his theater group does. And, uh, you know, it just kind of, kind of blossomed from there. David can read the list of, of, of the folks that are on there. You have that, you have that pulled up, right? Well, as I don't know names. You and... are referring to Stage and Scream Immersive yes. Horror Theater is the name of the panel. Yes. Okay, because this is one of the panels that I was immediately drawn to. Of course it and, is. And, um, you know, Zombie Joe is listed there. Yes. Also, um, Anna, who we've also interviewed from Shine On Collective, is going to be part of that. Yeah. One person that is ex- I'm excited to learn more about is Landon, who is one of the creators behind the Overlook Film Festival, and yeah. that is a completely immersive experience. And I've I actually I went through Speakeasy Society's Johnny Three, and that was the first time I'd ever met him in person. I was aware of him, yeah. so that the, you've got a lot of people here who are just a wealth of knowledge. Um, also, uh, the executive director of Unbound Productions, who yes. does Wicked Lit, yeah, um, who is um, Jonathan yep. Josephson, I guess. Yep, Jonathan's great. So did I get everyone david i think so i'm I think I did. my notes it's hard to keep track but yeah no i think that's it and i was gonna also and credit where credit's due i didn't know about the overlook thing david you brought that up yeah and noah's of course noah's like oh i know the guy you know yeah. I'm, of course you do and so <laughs> I, I i don't know him um i don't know anna so going into this you know it's one of those things where i'm curious and interested too to meet some of these folks now i know jonathan and i know zombie joe right um but the other half of this, and I didn't know Nelson. Yeah, Noah, we, Noah Nelson, and I, we sat down, just cold. It was like it was like meeting somebody off the internet. We sat and had <laughs> dinner and drinks one night, and just it, we just clicked and had a wonderful, really cool conversation. And we both got each other really excited. And he's the one that came up with the name for the panel, mm-hmm. you know, because until everything, everything's widgets in my mind. It's the widget panel talking about, <laughs> you know, and so he's the one who came up with it. We we did it on we. As cliche as it sounds, we did the whole napkins while we're drinking, you know, writing out names, and and that's exactly how that came to be. He's going to do a great job for you. He's guys. going to kick ass. He's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Yeah. And we do have uh, Wicked Lit. That was the other thing. Wicked Lit is going to do a staged reading. Oh, excellent! Um, Glad on, to hear that on yeah. Sunday as well. So for people who haven't had a chance to experience it. Um, I think it'll be a nice taste of it, but man, Wicked Lit is not something you can just see on a stage. It's all about walking through the mausoleum. So. This October, when you start seeing, or before that, when you see tickets on sale, get tickets for Grab Wicked Lit. Grab them, yes. Yeah, Wicked Lit almost always sells out every year. And the, the, the blessed thing about Wicked Lit that they've been consistent about and uh, we have taken advantage of in past years is they actually have a very long schedule, usually, when they can arrange it. Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunity. But their nights do sell out, absolutely. So we're always encouraging our friends, like, 
don't put Wicked Lit off, buy your ticket and get it in place. Even mm-hmm. if they have, uh, like, quite often they go past Halloween, yep. they go into November. Yeah. So, um, and also, by the way, the Designing Immersive Environments panel you're talking about, I believe, is, is that the one that Jeff and Jarrett from The Nest are doing? That's it. Yeah. So we have run into them a couple of times. We recently did an interview with them. That's going to be a panel, I think, to pay attention to as well, because mm-hmm. those guys have such a wide variety of design experience behind them that they have a wealth of knowledge to offer. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a case of, um, you know, they came to us um, wanting to be part of the event. And, um, you know, we kind of at the point that they reached us, we were pretty packed up. But we threw out the idea of doing, I think they mentioned wanting to do, potentially do a classroom. Like, heck yeah, let's find a way. And uh, we just had to find a way to squeeze it into our schedule because um, we... Who, who wouldn't want to learn how to do immersive theater, especially right now that it's, it is the big thing. And, um, it's a really, uh, you know, it's just a really, I think this is one of those times, those periods of LA theater and haunt history or whatever people are going to look back as like this golden age of, you know, new kinds of live entertainment. It, yeah. It's, it's it, because of guys like them that are putting this on. It's so true. And it's funny Russell and I were just talking about this. It's, it's, we're, we're at a point where it's almost oversaturation where people are having to pick and choose what they're going to do. Like last week, three new ARGs started, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, there's so many going on. It's yeah. like, you mm-hmm. can't, it's kind of like midsummer scream. You can't do everything. And I, think, I think it's amazing. Like when we started doing these conventions, it was all haunt, haunt, haunt. And then it's escape rooms popped up like two and a half, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Like it was one, it was like everybody knew the, the basement and it was really good. Then all of a sudden they're just like, Every block, they're like Starbucks now. And then uh, yep. in the last year and a half, immersive theaters are here. I'm kind of excited to see, like, is there another thing where, like, maybe it is ARGs, you know, combining all of this, where it's or immersive virtual theater reality. meets escape room and adding in, yeah, the, you know, virtual reality or augmented reality. Um, who knows what's going to happen next? Because with all the stuff, it's it's all really it's all really cool. And it's, but at the same time, you know, People are still figuring out how it works, so it's only mm-hmm. going to get more honed and better, and it'll, it'll be neat to see what's what's going to happen next year. And I can promise you this: whatever's cool next year in this world, we'll have it at Midsummer Scream. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, too, it's it's still so new that the masses haven't gotten to it. Like there is a, an immersive category at this year's Fringe Festival, which David I saw you at quite mm-hmm. a few shows, um, but only a handful of them were truly immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's cause some shows it's like, Oh, immersive means I talk to the audience. And it's like, right. well, no, <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's like once the, the true theater catches up and realizes what it actually is and what they can accomplish, yeah. like it's going to like blow up even more. Right. Something interesting that uh, there's there's kind of a theme that uh, the the you know okay we we've dropped a few names like Rick you were talking about the home haunts that mm-hmm. are, and the pro haunts that are going to be in the Hall of Shadows yeah the panels that we just listed there's also classes and workshops um, ranging from everything from home haunt techniques costuming techniques prop building techniques how to use um, mechanics and high, you know, um, uh, various triggers and things like that, and lighting stuff for your home haunt or your professional haunt. How to make tombstones, how to perform in haunts, how to scare people in various ways. Uh, you have literally workshops and classes on all of these and so much more. And the panels that we just talked about, and the home haunts that you were mentioning earlier. I think the the common thing here is how much of this is coming from a passionate fan heart 
like that that's what well, you have <clears throat> seemed to have done is midsummer scream seems to be this coming together of a very passionate community i think we're going to have maybe two different answers to this but it i want to hear rick's answer first <laughs> okay well um <clears throat> so let's just let's just let's just back up here cuz i know that some people that are going to listen they're going to be confused here so david and i and johanna um we were we were a big part of the production team of Scarlet. Mm-hmm. We did we we were the producers of Scarlet for its first 3 years, right? And the basis on which we built that show and I firmly believe the reason it was so successful is we came at it as fans. You know, it was one of those things that if I go to a convention, what do I want to see? And it's kind of as as somebody pushing the creative side of this, that's what I've done for 20 plus years now with Theme Park Adventure. If you write about something or if you do something that appeals to you as a fan, chances are other fans are going to vibe with that too. And that's been a really good internal compass for me um, in, in all that we've we've endeavored to do, really. Um, and so Midsummer is just, I, I think David would agree, it's just building on everything that we learned mm-hmm. uh, in those years and just um, being very comfortable and confident with ourselves and with the process and with the community, knowing that we have the community at our back is so important to us. Without the community, we have no... You, you, can, you can hold a really big, elaborate, expensive show, but if nobody shows up because nobody gives a shit, it's a failure, right? So for us, for us, it was never about money. Never about money. It's, it's if the community falls in love with this, then that is exactly what this SoCal community, which I think is the most special in the world, um, it, that's what they deserve. That's what we're going to deliver. And that is really the way that we approach these things, right? So we talk about the Tower of Terror presentation. You know, that's here in Southern California, that's a hot button now, you know, because the theme park fans, which make up a huge chunk of people that come to Midsummer Scream, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're missing their Tower of Terror already. You know, it's, it's become yeah. something else at California Adventure. And Tower, I think, uh, itself, without getting too into the, into the you know, tall grass here um one of the best attractions ever designed and created and certainly vibes with with what we like you know the spookier (laughs) side of things and the dark side of hollywood um it seemed like this was the right time to do a tower of terror especially now with with the transition to guardians at at dca um and it just kind of all fell together and mark silverman who is the voice of rod serling for the attraction he was right on board and he got really excited and uh as a fan, it's something that I would want to go see. So that is kind of how we really kind of, for me, I know David probably has more business-oriented answers, but for me, that's, that's how I steer my ship. I, 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 go towards, I go towards the brightest star. Whatever attracts me the most as a fan, that usually seems to be pretty, pretty good on the money. Wrong. Oh, my that's God. That was <laughs> not the correct answer. No, no. I mean, um, for, for me, I... I you know, you, you asked, you know, are we really, are we fans? Are we passionate about this? And the, the reality is like for an event like this, not everything at the show is something that I, is, is my, my love, but it is some, somebody else on the team. For them, it's something that reflects Halloween and why they love Halloween. Because Halloween is many things to many different people. Mm-hmm. Some people love to dress up in costume on Halloween. I really don't like to dress up in costume. But I do appreciate it, and I love to see people do it. So, but because people within our team, um, in our extended team, uh, love that stuff, we make sure we have a lot of it. 
Um, you know, in the, in the past, we've had stuff on Extreme Haunts. We just don't happen to have it this year. Um, but it is something that people do love, and it may not be something that is something that I, I go for, but it is something that the Halloween community, there are people within it who love that. We want to make sure it's there for them as well. We'll talk about that later, because I'm sure Russell doesn't know anything about that type of or mike we're gonna bring you guys up to speed it's all right, yeah. it's all right. And so you know for something even like that like you know but at the same time it is part of the conversation and so we'd want to have it there um and to me that's what makes the event exciting is, is that we provide something for everybody who loves halloween um and try to tap into that because you know it's not for us to tell people necessarily what halloween is um or what horror is it's but it is part that's why it's a convention you know it's it's a bunch of ideas and a chance for all these ideas just roll together so if we can find the connection to halloween within our team even if it isn't a consensus we'll find a way for it to take place at midsummer scream if that makes sense oh absolutely and and and, you know to clarify i wasn't ever questioning whether or not you guys are fans oh yeah i I keep i mean i've been running into you at the same events for years Uh, i just noticed that i think Mike and I have encountered or been to events by so many of your presenters now that I realize that mm-hmm. it's the fans are now leading the fans. It's like the leaders in the community are born and becoming leaders because of the passion. Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing is, you know, it's like, you know, I, I guess it's fresh in my mind because we just literally talked to Jeff and Jared from the nest just recently. Mm-hmm. And like you listen to their creative process. and like, this is what would speak to me. This is this is interesting. This is intriguing. This is how we challenged ourselves. Yeah. And so many of your panels, so many of your workshops, and you know, there's, you know, it's funny. You have someone, uh, a Randy Powell, doing a whole thing on Pepper's Ghost. Mm-hmm. Like, how how many of us have encountered a Pepper's Ghost illusion? And it's literally one of those things that just like every time you see it, you go, ah, <laughs> because it's yeah. such a classic. And like, so you're offering a way for fans mm-hmm. for the home haunters to to experience something along those lines and like how do i do that how can i bring that into my you're you are encouraging everyone to up their game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and i just find it fascinating that that you know you're creating this event and there's so much variety behind it and i it, it it's it's just it's becoming a very cool destination because of the wide variety yeah and we were trying mean, <clears throat> with that with the classes that uh, that you know johanna has really taken the lead on you know, it's uh, we, we've taken a slightly different direction than we have in the past this year. We have a, a few very technical classes, like even the Pepper's Ghost, mm-hmm. and they're, they're a little bit more broad this year. But I think you know we love that we're doing two. We're trying to satisfy two crowds, which are the professionals and the people who've been there. Um, at the same time, provide classes for people who are kind of new to it, and there are plenty of people who don't know what a Pepper's Ghost is. Right. You know, and especially if you come to a Halloween convention, they've never heard the term. They've seen it, mm-hmm. but they don't know how it's done. So it's, I think that's a good example of a class where the people who know it will go because they want to hear how he, how he does it or, you know, to hear his talk about it and its history. Um, and at the same time, people who uh, kind of know what it is, they get to go in and hear what it is for the first time and how to do it the, themselves. And, you know, that's the whole event is a lot of, you know, appealing to the people who are kind of new and younger or just finding out about that haunted attractions are a thing. Um, as well as people who've already done it, and they just have the passion, they want to learn how to up their game or, or to, to mingle with people who've been creators for years. All right, and, and go ahead. And the classes and presentation, that's all included with the regular general admission ticket, correct? Yeah, exactly. All of our, all of our classes or seminars um, that you go in and you just sit down and watch, those are all free. We have uh, SoCal Valley Haunters is doing a lineup of uh, two or three classes that are make-and-take classes where you get to go in and 
make a gravestone or make some different effects. Um, and you pay for the materials fee, but they're pretty nominal. I think it's like twenty-five or thirty dollars, and you get. I mean, you're you're just you're paying for the the materials, and you get to walk and go home both with the skills and a new prop. So, uh, but everything else is entirely included in the price of admission. Awesome. Yeah, we decided that. I mean, when we decided last year, like, what's our price structure? What what's the breakdown going to be? You know, it's kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Right? I mean, just. <laughs> We have the two price points, the general admission, the front of line, and you know what? We're good. Throw in the education with that, and, and, and it's golden. We're not, we're not there to, to make a buck at every, at every step, and um, it's just about really presenting this community and our guests um, a really quality, mind-blowing weekend. That the minute they walk out of there, they're already like planning, oh, God, okay, when is it next year where we're coming back? Because if we don't do that right off the bat, we failed. You know, the minute you have somebody go, oh, that class sounds really good. Oh, how much is it? You've already failed. You're already dead on arrival. That mm. You're done. So we, we never want that to be a deterring factor for anybody. And, um, yeah, I, I think and the passion of everybody that's involved, whether they are presenters, whether they are instructors, whether they're volunteers, anybody that is associated with Midsummer, um, is a fan first. Because if you don't have passion period, you're there. You're there for all the wrong reasons. Going back to what Russell was saying about how you guys are fans showing what you want or booking what you want, what's the one thing for each of you where you got that confirmation that you started jumping up and down? It's like, yes, I can't believe we got that. Take me a little bit to think about that. Everything just works. We're at such a whirlwind pace and throwing so (laughs) many things out there. Last year, well, I can tell you last year, it was like, holy shit, we actually pulled it off. Yes. So it was the whole enchilada last year. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my God, we actually really, really did this. And nothing exploded. No one died. It was amazing. Um, this year was a little different because we had, again, we had the 12 months, you know, to, to work it out. Um, you know, for me, I, it, it's interesting because for me, I, I focus a lot on the panels and presentations. But it's kind of the world that I come from, because when I'm not doing TPA or Midsummer, I'm a show writer in the themed entertainment industry. I design attractions and, and things like that. So I, I know a lot of these people that I bring in to do the presentations. And if I don't know them, I know of them, certainly. They're, they're more peers than anything. Um, so for me, it's, I love when things just gel together really nicely. Like when I said, well, let's see. Let's do this tower thing. I know Mark will do it. And Mark was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then Mark said, well, you know, I'm still in touch with the guy that was the art director and the show designer. And just like everybody started saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And then suddenly you're like, holy shit, this is a legit Tower of Terror presentation. This is going to be freaking amazing, right? Um, And so I just, for me, that's kind of like the jump up and down moment is when people that you really like um, say, sure, we'd love to do that. That would be great. Um, I, I had one of those moments today. Uh, I've been friends for, for years on Facebook with Kirk Thatcher, and we've never put him on a panel or anything like that. And we have this, this is going to air, I'm sure, after we've announced this tomorrow. So we have a creature-making presentation that's going to be with practical creature and effects guys talking about the challenges of continuing their craft in an increasingly digital world. 
Interesting. Um, and so Kirk Thatcher is going to be on that. And so we're really excited about that. So it's just like when those little moments, like when, when my phone goes off and I look and you got somebody saying, yeah, I, I'd, be, I'd love to do that. That's one of those really cool uh, moments where you're like, this is a thing. This is happening. And, and it's going to make people happy. And that's what, that's what I really love is knowing that fans are going to just be really giddy excited. Like when we announced Tower, the internet broke. When we announced, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's something that Johanna has wanted for years <laughs> at our show, right? And so seeing her finally get to, and then that snowballs, and oh my God, we got the writer. Oh my God, we got the director. Seeing that kind of come together and see that, and then see the fans like flip out. I mean, millennials lost their freaking minds when they <laughs> when we announced Are You Afraid of the Dark, mm-hmm. right? Um, again, not my thing because I'm, I'm too old. I'm I'm... 47, so I didn't see the whole, you know, are you afraid of the dark thing? Um, but seeing the fans react so well to that, yeah. to me, that's the, that's the moment where you just go home going, yes, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's really a great spot to be in. I mean, I moved to L.A. to work in film, and, you know, I'm in awe of filmmakers, but I'm always in um, awe of, like, I mean, like the sound guy, you know, like, um, <laughs> or me and the screenwriters. And within here, it's like we we get to meet and hang out with these people who create haunted attractions. They're, they're rock stars to us, but we we know them now. And it's, uh, it's not something I ever forget. I was just, I kind of always nerd out about, you know, that, you know, we have John Murdy coming from, you know, and mm-hmm. Chris Williams from, from Universal Studios, Hollywood's Halloween Horror Nights. And we have, you know, David Wally and the whole crew from Queen Mary there. And these are all people we're on first names basis with now, you know, so that's always really cool, and you know, over the years we've gotten to know them. Um, this year, like we have, you know, one thing that did really excite me to get was um, Ben Cooper costumes. Um, yeah, they're bringing the brand back, and I heard about it, and I reached out, and you know, Ben Cooper costumes to me is Halloween. Like that's where my Halloween start was, and you know, as a kid, getting the boxes and going shopping for the boxes and getting the, the stormtrooper costume, which is the mask, and then the vinyl suit that said star wars across the chest for some reason like but uh but that to me was that's in case what, you didn't know what costume yeah, you were yeah. buying exactly exactly <laughs> but that to me was that was trick-or-treating and that's where my foundation for loving halloween right. started from mm-hmm. uh so to have them coming in and doing a presentation is really exciting i mean we have the queen of halloween coming to midsummer scream this year cassandra peterson mm-hmm. elvira herself uh she's going to be with us on saturday and they reached out to us for that and that is you know one to have you know, we're, we're thinking we're not going to ask yet, you know, type thing. But they, they came to us. It's like mind blowing. It's like, what are we doing properly? You know, we, we know we're doing things right. But at the same time, it's really, really cool. And it's very flattering and, and super exciting to have these people who are the t- like, I can't think of many other top icons for Halloween, but we have them all with us. And that is, um, you know, it, it is humbling and it's exciting. And at the same time, you know, we do feel confident that we are doing them service when they come to the event. So mm-hmm. it's, 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 uh, for me, you know, Rick said he's 47, I'm 45. It's t- taken me a few decades of life to really figure out what it is that I'm good at. And, um, and I feel like this is it. It's really cool. Um, and we're still passionate about it. We're not burnt out on doing it either. Um, yeah. So I'm rambling now, but. So well, feel free to edit. That is quite all right. We've talked about so many things about the variety of Midsummer Scream, about all the kinds of different panels and classes. One thing we haven't mentioned, there's a couple of things we haven't even gotten to yet. One of them is vendors galore. Like you have a show floor that has so many different things going on and mini escape rooms, 
fine art, props, furniture. There's a little bit of everything. So, like, how, like, what do we have to look forward to this year? Uh, about 225 exhibitors. Wow, that large. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's a month out. They're still coming. We're, I'm still finding ways to squeeze more in. <laughs> We're shoehorning them. We're oh, man. Them. I feel bad. We, we, you know, we, we ran out pretty early um, because Rick took up all the space for the Hall of Shadows. <laughs> I hogged it all and he, up. And I said, can I put any, put any vendors in there? He said, nope. Nope. It's going to be packed full of haunts. And I'm like, all right. So um, I think it's to the fans um, and guest service that, uh, you know, that there's so much for them to do and space to breathe. Um but I can't fit more from more exhibitors in. It's sort of frustrating because <laughs> there's so many cool companies out there that I'd love to have a chance to show their wares and services to. Um, but yeah, 200, uh, around 225 right now. Um, you know, ranging from people like uh, you know, Fog It Up, VFX, Necrotic Creations, um, uh, Abby Bell. Abby Bell. Uh, I, was, I was running with the theme on this right here, but which is like <laughs> people who service the haunt industry and haunters, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the haunt store. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting a bunch, and if they're listening to this, they're going to kill me. Larry but, Bones. Oh, we do have, right, like, right when you walk into the show floor, mm-hmm. uh, we have, you know, Larry Bones is going to be there uh, with Boneyard Effect just doing demos galore, uh, showing off uh, his creative prowess and the, the amazing community of makeup artists that he's, he's, uh, built a loyalty um from which uh, always you have always uh, he delivers on such a high quality level yeah. and and all weekend long during the convention you will see really really wonderful things yeah. that his team brings to the floor it's it's pretty cool i mean we, a lot of the vendors they come out because they you know they're, they're all artists and they want to show off their art mm-hmm. so um so people like larry's makeup artists I, I imagine they're hoping that somebody will see their stuff and ask for a card and hire them but if not, they're just thrilled to like show off stuff to other people who just love to experience and watch the process of monster making. It's pretty neat. Um, you know, we have a bunch of artists, uh, you know, from you know Abby Bell um, on down who just create stuff that's themed off of horror and you know Halloweenish, uh, the whole vibe. Um, but it's sprawling, man. It's uh, two hundred twenty-five. It's it's a mind melt. But uh, we got to give a shout out to Dark Delicacies. Dark delicacies, Gotta, like, you know, um, the, the mayor of Halloween, yeah. effectively, and mayor of horror. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of shops from up on Magnolia Boulevard pretty right. much uh, come down. We have, you know. Horror Row. Uh, horror Row. We have, you know, Dell coming down and then Bearded Lady oh, yeah. uh, Vintage and Mystic Museum. They come down as well. Um, and uh, it's just, you know, I don't know. It, to me, it, it's, it's so much it's hard to really narrow it and hone it down. It's, it's a large part of where my time is spent is trying to uh, – just make sure all the logistics and that's a smooth load-in for them so they're happy and smiling when guests show up uh, on the show floor. And I'm just laughing because you're rattling off about it, and I'm thinking, and Mike will be putting in the show notes every one of our vendors. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Mike can handle that. I'm just trying to, to scan through here if there's any... Um, yeah, I want to give a special shout-out to two specific vendors, since I'm on the air. Sure. Uh this is pretty cool. We haven't talked to anybody about this yet, but I'm sure we'll reveal it by then. But as Tino Evil um, last year, they they were facilitating the sales of our shirts, um, mm-hmm. which were designed by Fiendies. I'll mention them as well. And they also made their own custom uh, Midsummer Scream shirt too. Um, but they're they're going to make uh, bags for like 
a gazillion bags. So I, you know, I don't want to give the number, but right now it sounds like everybody who comes through the door, just show up early still, will get a bag, a free bag with Tino Evil logo on one side, Midsummer Scream on the other. Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, it may not sound like the most exciting thing to the audience, uh, but for me, it's really thrilling to have all of our guests be able to walk away with a free bag. Yeah, I, uh, I know for a fact that Mike and I both have uh, Tino Evil uh, garments in our collection. Yeah, they're awesome. They're great supporters. They're working with um, Rick and Designing this year's shirt. Um, possibly, they have two, possibly two shirts, different shirts. Possibly shirts. I didn't yeah. want to reveal that if it wasn't uh, something unrevealed. But <laughs> I think we can. They're going to do a Midsummer Scream shirt. Yep. Uh, like they did last year, where you know we I don't know what it's going to look like yet, but it's going to be an alternate. And then uh, they're going to do one for the Hall of Shadows. Yeah, Hall of Shadows cool. is going to have its own shirt this year. Oh, that's cool. Doing, yeah, so it's really exciting to see. Those guys are great. I mean, their their enthusiasm is infectious, and they're just they're just so eager to please and so eager to be part of the community, and they're so stoked that, that, that everybody likes their stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, and nothing else. <laughs> uh, what? But uh, It is a horror-oriented There you go. Yeah. He's pulling a Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, no, they're they're great. That's cool. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what the shirts look like. I mean, like I'm I get thrilled. I let people have a long leash with what they want to create, um, and it's always thrilling to see it. And you know, to have merchandise with the Midsummer Scream name on it never gets old. Um, and then uh, we have Fiendies, uh, also known as Enchanted Rumors, who um, are our designers. They've created the black cat and all the characters that we put on everything. Ah. Um, they're going to be there. They make the, these really cool custom Ouija boards and other um, occult-themed um, items that have been really popular, and you see them all over the place. Um, so they're going to be there as well. They've also designed pins for us, these enamel pins that are all the rage. So they're going to, be, they're going to have those as well. Um, and they've been huge supporters. They designed our program. Pretty much the Midsummer Scream look is by Fiendies and Enchanted Rumors. So um, they'll be there as well. So I wanted to say, hey, That's come awesome. by, check out their booth. So at, at this point, I think the suggestion would be go to the Midsummer Scream website and glance that incredibly long list of potential things that you can go and shop at. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. And, and to make it frustrating, it. Uh, all the vendors, it's randomly generated what order they're in. So. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so don't, don't, if you have a hard time finding one the second time around or you're looking for anything in alphabetical order, you'll be in trouble. Oh. That's actually something that I've had a problem with in the past at Midsummer Scream last year was I ran out of time for the floor. I was doing so many workshops and classes and panels and, and, and trying to get so much stuff fit in and shows that I actually didn't make it through the entire floor because was, it was so large last year and it sounds even larger. So it sounds like the website becomes a reference for lots of vendors to peruse, and uh, the floor is amazing every, every time, and, and I'm really looking forward to, to, to well, seeing you. What, you, what you have in store yeah, for thanks. us. It's, I mean, it's, uh, every piece of it takes, it takes a really strong team to work on it, and uh, Richard Lau um, really takes the lead on making sure that the show floor runs really well. Okay. So big pump out to Richard Lau. But wait, there's more. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's something else we haven't gotten to yet. The kids' area. So, uh, Buster, right, there's multiple things that we Buster, haven't gotten to yet. Buster Balloon is hosting our kids' area, which is done by Connor Bright. We're going to have uh, monster meet and greets throughout each day uh, oh, for the awesome. kids. All sorts of fun crafts from How to Make Slime, which was a hit last year, um, to all sorts of stuff. All I know is I get the invoice for, you know, we need... 5,000 googly eyes and I'm like I have no idea what this is for but sounds good to me but uh, anyway 
That's can, awesome. I'm sure that's not what you're asking, but go ahead. No, 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 no. That that's actually is one of the things on the list was, are you going to have a big kids area this yeah. year? Because that's one of the cool things is Midsummer Scream is family friendly. Mm-hmm. So even if... Parts of it. Well, <laughs> even if there are moments that might scare and terrorize yeah. young children, it, you, do have, you do have things open to the whole family. Now, what I was going to make reference to is because uh, looking at your website, you're taking, I think, a different approach to something that... Um, other conventions, festivals have, and that's you have a screening room, or should I say, a screaming mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. But the thing that you're doing this year with the shorts, it's like you have so many shorts programs listed right now on the website. Mm-hmm. And I am a fan of the short film format. I, I just, I, I love short form storytelling, um, short stories, short novels. It's like, I, I just, I, I love that. So the fact that you have a screaming room that is featuring so many different themed programs and you have a slasher program you have i think a supernatural program i uh it's just there's so many different themed programs and that you've curated for this festival like talk a little bit about that well i mean the credit for that all goes to norm gidney and his team with horror buzz okay great um who um approached us wanted to be part of the event and uh they love films as much as, as we do, and so they jumped right into it, and they screened hundreds of films and narrowed it down and came up with the idea for the different screening blocks um, and, uh, and and have just been assembling it and going through it, and the ones I've seen that they've approved, I mean, like, they, they really did, they did go through a lot of stuff, and uh, what they have are, are some really good selections. Um, so, yeah, I mean, part of it, I mean, is, you know, with the convention, you don't want to have anything too long. You want to provide people a taste of things so they can just check out a lot of stuff. So uh, features doesn't really work, I don't think, at a, at a convention during the day because we don't want people to be sitting around for too long. We want them to move around. We want them to get mm-hmm. back to the show floor. And we want them. We want everybody who's participating, you know, presenting something to have a chance to give a crowd see it. So no, we don't have a single... Uh, presentation which takes up too much time you know it's an hour max we have a couple of 90 minute presentations which are very rare Um, but with the with the screening room especially it was like let's just do shorts and really focus on the short films and um, and that's kind of how we got it and I think it's going to be really fun you know it's it's a good it's a good opportunity it's the one it's it's a rare place within Midsummer Scream that you go through where you're not being assaulted with being hands-on like everything is all about getting people to be empowered to go out and do something, learn new skills, or you're walking through a haunt, or you know you're you're shopping on the floor. The scre- the screaming room is the one place where you can go and you can sit down for a little bit and relax and just watch something for a little bit. Um, but uh, when you're there, it's going to be some really cool stuff. And you know, in, in addition to the to screening blocks, we do have a couple of um, programs like Etheria Film Night uh, is putting together a, a best of selection for us. Uh, which are more shorts, but all made by women filmmakers, and and uh, you know that's what they do all year. They're just screening all sorts of films from around the world. So th- that that's always sure to be a really solid block of films. Uh, Scary endings, um, which is a, mm-hmm. a guy who makes a bunch of or a collective of people who make horror shorts as well. Um, they're just putting together a best of from their selections internally, and then we have two specialty programs. Uh, one by uh, BuzzFeed, uh, or sorry, BuzzFeed Unsolved, and you know it's these two guys, and they go out and shoot all sorts of uh, films about the paranormal, supernatural, um, real ghost stories. Uh, so they're going to come out and show one of their favorite episodes, and then they'll be there on site. Uh, and then uh, Mike Doherty, the director of Trick or Treat, uh, recorded a number of intros for uh, his favorite scenes from the movie. 
Oh, um, excellent. That's he, interesting. He's, he's off shooting Godzilla too, so he couldn't uh, attend. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did make this uh, cool little package for us to show. Oh, that's very kind. That sounds like a treat. Yeah. A trick or treat. Ah, See what we did right thank there? You, thank you. There you go. <laughs> that's something I would say. <laughs> that's very much your style. <laughs> So I don't have a question about Midsummer Scream, but just because we all love haunts, what are you guys looking forward to for this haunt season? Well, I, I think one of the biggest uh, buzz factors this year is uh, Larry Bones. You know, he he left Horror Nights, and uh, he started his own venture, and it's Into the Black, and uh, that's going to be held at the Pomona Fairplex, and uh, it's very interesting. It's very ambitious. You know, it's 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 haunt it's a virtual reality experience and we actually have a presentation uh, at midsummer with larry and his team Mm -hmm. talking about this process and what what fans are going to be able to expect so i'm looking forward to that i think that's going to be really uh really really cool um you know this is this is uh haunt 45 for knots this is this is a big year this is a milestone for knots (laughs) this year right so um whether or not the you know the the farm plays that up i i don't know that remains to be seen but certainly for haunt fans and those of us that have grown up with the event 45 that's a big deal that's really really cool i mean most of these other events are maybe half that i mean that's it it, that's the granddaddy of all that really that really kicked off an an entire industry you know if, if some people 45 years ago didn't say hey you know we should spook up ghost town (laughs) <laughs> you know, who knows what the evolution would have been here in Southern California and around the world, really, of this stuff. So obviously always looking forward to that, always looking forward to Halloween Horror Nights to see what they're going to come rolling out with, you know. They've talked about The Shining and they've talked about American Horror Story at this point. And so those are going to be, I'm sure, epic mazes at, at uh, Universal. Um, Queen Mary. I'm a theme park guy, right? So I instantly, that's like my go-to, right? The theme parks. I, you know, Queen Mary, Magic Mountain. Magic Mountain's really great. If you guys listening have not been to Fright Fest at Magic Mountain, um, do it. Do it Do it this year because you will come away being really impressed. And, and spend time in the scare zones looking at Scott Ramp and his team. The makeup that they do there is second to none. I mean, you walk out of there like mind blown. If you really look at the detailing of the costumes and the makeup on the on the street monsters, it's it's unreal what Scott and his team do. Uh, so always looking forward to that. Um, we, Johan and I, we'd like to get back to Vegas again this year. You know, um, you know, Freakling Brothers, they're a friend, longtime friend of ours, and uh, you know, we really wanted last year to go see the their new the Coven of Thirteen. I think is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coven of Thirteen maze and. We just, our, our schedules just didn't didn't align, and we got so busy with stuff, and we actually had to cancel the trip. We had plans, and we just canceled it. And Johanna was really upset, because she was the one really pushing, oh, my God, we got to go see this. It's amazing. And uh, we were going to hit up a few other haunts out there that we had never done. So maybe that's going to materialize this year for us. So, um yeah, haunts man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a haunted house guy. Mm-hmm. So haunts, 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 man. I, I, I love that. That's what I look forward to. I, you know, for me, it's, uh, well, here's, here's a problem we have. I'm going to get down to my big issue right now, <laughs> is uh, Southern California feels like there's been, I think partly because there's more escape rooms and there's more immersive, there's been uh, less and less big haunts and single room haunts coming up uh, in LA in the last few years. Um, so that 
So, so seeing Into the Black coming in is really exciting because it's the first one in a couple of years that's really been ambitious. They're coming in big. Um, you know, we know Larry. We're very supportive of Larry. But, uh, you know, so that only makes us more excited. But we're really looking forward to that because of that, too. And I think that's going to be huge because there's just not a lot of other people going big. Um, it's hard to do a haunt. It's, uh, it's expensive. They're risky propositions. And they're largely done by people with a passion for it. So, um, you know... That said, you know, the black's big, but that's it. Like every year, I feel like I'm playing catch up. I'm, I'm hearing what Rick and Johanna went out to with all the home haunts. We're trying to catch up with all the home haunts and the, and the uh, you know, the mom and pop little attractions going on around town. And so I always look forward to that each year. Um, not for one in particular, but because there's always new ones like that that do pop up. So for me, it's just the whole month. It's just see how much I can pack in. What, mm-hmm. what I do also just kind of want to tag on to that. Um, not something that I'm, I'm looking forward to. But something rather that that took place this year, um, Gary Korb, who was the gentleman that created the Hallowed Haunting Grounds in Studio City, um, he unexpectedly passed away not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, and uh, it really has shaken the community to its core because he was the godfather of home haunts here in Los Angeles. Uh, he started in 1973, the same it's the same year that Not Scary Farm began. And uh, he really took home haunting with his team to an entirely new level. And you will very frequently visit home haunts of any size here in Los Angeles. And if you look hard enough, there are tributes to the hallowed haunting grounds in in these different home haunts because these are haunters that inspire were inspired by what Gary did with the hallowed haunting grounds. And so. Um, Having our first year with uh, now Hallowed Haunting Grounds, they stopped doing that years ago. Um, but Gary was always around visiting different haunts, and Gary just the spirit of Hallowed Haunting Grounds is just synonymous with with Halloween, you know. And uh, knowing that he's not here in, in physical form this year is um, emotional, and it's rough. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but we're. Um, we're going to have a presentation. We're going to have a panel presentation at Midsummer, celebrating uh, Gary and the, Hall- the legacy of the Hallowed Haunting Grounds. And we're going to have some of the, uh, the area's uh, most prolific home haunters uh, are going to be part of that. And uh, Greg McLaurin, who was Gary's best friend, is going to sit on that also and talk about his experience for decades with, with Gary and the Hallowed Haunting Grounds. And, and uh, he's going to represent their, their team. So that, I think, is a very special part of Midsummer, And that is also then going to carry over into um, Halloween this year. You know, this, this one's for Gary this year. That's so cool. And, like, that's, that's something that you would never see at, like, if it wasn't a convention put on for fans by fans themselves. So yeah. that's awesome. One thing, yeah, and you're, because your fans that are listening to this are obviously the, the detail-oriented ones, the hardcore, you know, fans. Um, our, our good friend Matt Ford, who does the, the House at Haunted Hill, he actually, one, one of Gary's uh, cornerstone effects that he had forever was this floating lantern. This ghost, ghostly lantern mm-hmm. that floated around, you know, by itself over this, over this freshly dug grave. Um, Matt is going to let me borrow Gary's lantern. And so when we go up on stage to welcome everybody to Midsummer Scream, I'm going to have Gary's lantern. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, with us, so... 
It's just one of those little details that I'm sure, like, most people in the audience are going to be like, why is there a lantern up there? Or not even notice, you know, that there's a lantern burning. But those that really want to dig in and, and find out, it's, that's scary. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to have that happen. I, I only went to that haunt once, and it was probably in its last year. And that was, I mean, that was the haunt that, as a kid, you always wanted to find. I mean, it was better than Haunted Mansion. Um, it was everything you could imagine. It was spooky, and it wasn't. It wasn't slashy. It was all spooky and creepy, and you felt like you're walking into the realm of darkness or the realm of death uh, as you walk through it. You know, like it was, it was outstanding. And um, so, it's a bummer it went away, and it's really sad that um, he passed away before he could do something with us at Summer Scream. But you know, this is a, a great tribute to him, and and also, you know. It, for me, it shows that the community really does respect each other in a very, very strong way. Now, I think we asked all the questions that we had for you. Um, do you have any final comments or thoughts that you wanted to share? I mean, I, I wanted to throw out some other names just since we're on here, if they're listening. But uh, uh, Jackie Credderfield has been a big part of our team as well. She's the one who's running the uh, Black Cat Lounge. Um, and also has her hands in a lot of other aspects of the event, too. Um, very behind the scenes, but very supportive. Ian Mommy, uh, I hope I'm saying his last name properly. Uh, pretty sure I am. But uh, he <laughs> is our production manager for Hall of Shadows. So, um, you know, he is, it is, you know, I mean, it's sausage factory talk. Um, but, like, he's the one who is getting all the trucks in and out and the builds without people totally tripping over each other because it is a huge move. People have, you know, two days to set up for the Hall of Shadows and mm-hmm. allow a way for all of our vendors to get in as well. Um, so they're setting up this basically a theme park worth of haunts in two days and they're out in one night. And that's, uh, you know, Ian, Ian takes the lead on making sure that happens smoothly. And are we missing anybody else that we should be? About 150 other people. There's so many people. I mean, <laughs> we, we have. I mean, C- Sierra Skelton yeah, um, Sierra. is our volunteer manager, which is, you know, volunteer management is the job nobody wants because it is thankless and it's hard. And she does it and um, she manages uh, last year to, to, to get, you know, nearly 200 volunteers on board. This year, the same. Train them, you know, with a couple of phone calls and one meeting um, and make them. You know, make everybody feel appreciated as much as we can. And um, I want to let me piggyback on that real yeah. quick because you know what, the the uh, you know the forgotten soldiers are the frontline people. You know, the volunteers. And this year we're looking at having about two hundred volunteers uh, helping run Midsummer, which is, if you think about it for a second, that's a big ass operation. Mm-hmm. That's a really heavy duty operation. And you know what? Just the reality is. Most of those people to our guests, they're, they're faceless and nameless forever, right? They're the person that you ask where the bathroom is, and that's it. You don't even give it a second thought. But our volunteers are vetted, and they are so knowledgeable and so excited about... We, we don't want anybody at Midsummer, like I said earlier, that if you're, if you're there for any other reason other than pure passion, you're in the wrong place, and we really don't want you there. Um, every volunteer has come to us and said, oh my God, I just, I just want to be part of this. And we understand as producers that our volunteers are just so critically important to the operation. They can make a, we could put on an amazing show and if we had a shitty volunteer team, done. Because that's what people go away with, right? And so even after last year, and again, credit, huge credit to Sierra, 
Um, she's been our, our dark angel. And uh, she, um, she, you know, really walks these people through how to handle our guests. And we do see everybody that comes through our doors. We treat it theme park-like. They're all of our guests. The team is, is knowledgeable. We go the extra mile with an orientation that really gets into the nitty-gritty of things. We are in constant communication uh, with these people so that they're not given a five-minute, here you go, go stand there. Everybody knows what their purpose is, and they know what their jobs are. And last year, people just walked away going, oh, my God, the entire staff was so knowledgeable and so friendly. And um, we empower them. We empower them to do that, you know. Other conventions, I'm not going to name names, but other conventions, big, big name conventions that you would think would be the gold standard in this. People walk away going, they were horrible. Their people didn't know anything. They were rude to us. And we have gotten nothing but just really positive support for our volunteer staff. So our hats are off to them because they they are... They are absolutely the shoulders that we stand on. You know, we, we wave and do podcasts and take all the credit for things. But you know what? Without that army really kind of mm-hmm. leading the charge with our guests, we, we've got no strength. So I wanted to make a big, very clear shout out to our volunteers. And where can people find information and buy tickets and all that fun stuff? Uh, go to midsummerscream.org. Midsummerscream.org. You can find us also on all the fancy social networks. We're on uh, Instagram, forward slash midsummerscream.org, and of course Twitter, forward slash midsummerscream.org. So, um, yeah, we're all over the place. Facebook, everything. And we're all over, yeah. I mean, uh, we're interwebs. If you ever need to reach us, uh, you know, we. We're all hop into that. I mean, we we've been we've all had bad customer service, and so everybody on our team we're kind of rushing to beat each other out of the way to respond to any inquiry about you know uh, if people have for some reason they lost their ticket email. You know, people shoot us a message on Facebook or email. We tend to respond very quickly to that, um, and or people just have a question. You know, you know people are people ask you know can we wear costumes? You're like yeah, please. You know, can I can we bring our pets? No, unless it's a service animal, but we try to answer everything as fast as we can. And we all do. We all jump onto that. We, like our Facebook, we get a lot of Facebook mess- messages, right? Um, and if it's something that uh, I see because I've woken up at four in the morning to go to the bathroom, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll shoot a text to David saying, hey, I'm going to grab this one. Or, you know, uh, we just kind of know looking at things like who would be best to field it. And uh, so, no, we're, we're very... We're very responsive because every, in in our opinion, every question. If somebody takes the time to write a question, we got the time to answer it. We we don't blow any questions off. We don't blow people off, and uh, it's all about communication, right? Really, and building the trust of the community. And if these are people that are first timers coming, well, guess what? They're about to become part of this family. So we want them to feel welcome right from the get go. Well, guys, we are looking so forward to going to Midsummer Scream this year. It's it's uh it's sort of the unofficial beginning and opening of the haunt season. You because bet. you're yeah. getting to that transition the middle of the year. Oh, yes. <laughs> and already people are posting stuff, uh you like as you mentioned earlier, you know, that they're building stuff for Midsummer Scream, which will go into their home haunts, which will go into their professional haunts. Yeah. And they're putting po- you know, posts on Instagram and Facebook and so already the excitement is be you begin beginning to build and we wish you all the luck in the world uh, mike and i i know are looking forward to it. and thank you so much thank for, you for yeah. thanks for having us and pointing out that there's no way we could have talked about 
everything in this conversation. So uh, sure. definitely anyone listening to this interview, please check out the midsummerscream.org website. You'll find list after list, panel after panel, class after class, vendor after vendor. You will find something that will pique your interest. You will want to go to this event. So thank you so much for chatting. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, David. Yeah, well, thank you guys. Thanks, guys. Happy Halloween in summer. So thank you again to Rick and David. Um, Midsummer Scream sounds so much fun this year. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And again, it just sounds like they've increased the variety and increased the number of things that are going on. There's no way we'll get to see everything, that's for sure. Yeah, we might have to divide and conquer. Yeah, probably. We'll see. <laughs> we'll form a game plan. So, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And and I and I said it while they were here. I, I really do think this is, to me, going to feel like the, the official start of the haunt season. Yeah, I agree. And for more information on Midsummer Scream, um, go to midsummerscream.org. And for info on us, go to myhauntlife.com. Find us on Facebook and all the other social media things like Instagram and Twitter and YouTube at myhauntlife. And if you want to get in contact with us and talk about video games, you can <laughs> hit us up at russell at myhauntlife.com. Two S's and two L's or Mike at myhauntlife.com. And you can always shoot us a text or leave us a voicemail on the haunt line, 515-HAUNT-LA. That being said, I'm Mike. And I'm Russell. See ya. Sorry to create trip hazards on your <laughs> path. <laughs> Russell is silently freaking out. <laughs>